0: Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. Man, it is uh, you now. I mean, it's so many of you in here right now. This is fantastic. And again, for those of you on Zoom that can't see them, there is enough space even for you if you so choose. Even you, Angela, down there in Dallas, you can come and be a part if you want to. <laughs> But no, hey, um, it's good, man. It's just good to feel that presence with you guys. If you have your Bible, be turning to Acts chapter 12. We're uh, going to start out here this morning, and, and I need to just you know review some of the things because obviously, as you can see, you know we're having new people come and be a part. They haven't been with us over the last few weeks, and so it's just necessary for us always to revisit those things that we've kind of been looking at and Last week, week we were looking at chapter 11, and this is where Peter has traveled back to Jerusalem to advocate not only for himself, but um, for the Gentiles. Um, This is that transition in our book, this book being a transitional book and having two halves, one that is a central focus for Israel really uh, to see the Lord come and start his theocratic government. Um, I think Peter and all of these guys are absolutely in that headspace, and that's where it is. We see at some point when Stephen, Stephen was uh, was being stoned that the Lord was standing up. Uh, it is very interesting. The Lord could have taken his his seat here on earth from that standing position, but we also see those religious rulers, and they just finally deny the power of the Holy Spirit there, and so that window of opportunity closes just as fast as it opened and um, and so now there's a transition where slowly we're seeing an official recognition by the apostles that gentiles will be given salvation given the uh, gift of the holy spirit and so we see that in, in cornelius's house and all the people that he invited there and the one thing that's important to this t- uh, narrative also is that Peter wasn't the only uh, Jewish member there remember he was accompanied by six other individuals now this would serve to be important because if. He is retelling the story and and those that are listening aren't really following it well he'd have six individuals that could back up what what happened, they were there, they saw it with their own eyes and so. It's just good, just more confirmation. But it wasn't something that seemed to be wrestled very much. Once Peter told what it is that took place, well, it says this in, in verse 18. And when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. And remember our focal verse last week was verse 17 that highlighted that the Gentiles had been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now. This is this is important. All the way back in Acts uh, chapter one and verse eight, it says this: "But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth." So there was this gifting that needed to take place in order to be equipped for the ministry that the Lord was leaving here for His saints to do—the ministry of reconciliation has to be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't do this in the flesh. My flesh will exhaust and expire. It only, you guys know, your flesh is only good for maybe a day, maybe not even a day, (laughs) half a day of goodness. And then all of a sudden it dies off a cliff into doing whatever it wants to do, right? And so you gotta have that Holy Spirit. Well, praise the Lord. You get that indwelling of the Holy Spirit through salvation. And now that was being established. We were able to see that take place. And so this narrative was laid out and uh, and accepted. And so we were reminded of something interesting, though, if you go back in terms of when that ended uh, of Stephen, when he was killed. Okay, Now, listen to what it says. And was killed. The persecution created this strategic scattering. So you guys remember that? We were talking about this. And then that's when we get introduced to the Philip the evangelist. And- And all of these things kind of take place then. Okay, so now it says here uh, these things started sharing the gospel in all Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost. That uttermost included Phoenice, Cyprus, and Antioch, even though they are preaching to Jews only. So now this would be like the Jews of the dispersions, which you would kind of technically hear that called, and they're scattered all over. And there's even these Hellenistic Jews, which are Jews that speak Greek because they are amongst Greek people. And so like when you see that in, in uh, uh, chapter 11, that's who it is that is it's talking about. Okay, now in Acts 11, verse 20 and 21, it says this. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which were they that were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord, listen to this, this is super important. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord." See, there's been something that's been trying to happen at every turn. If you notice, we've had persecution to some degree, some sort of roadblock, where the enemy is trying to make a stop of what is happening. And could it be this, even a person's flesh, having the rule of the day, and if Peter had not moved forward in faith and truly just, okay, I need to meet with Cornelius. Remember, it was challenging for him, but he still did it. And as a result of his obedience, what he is getting a chance to see and what these apostles and the disciples and the growing number of saints is, is that the word of God is moving forward in a mighty way. It cannot be stopped. It is now turning into a freight train. This is incredible. This is very incredible. So now Jerusalem gets excited about this news. What they do is they send Barnabas to Antioch. He ministers there for a while. Then he goes to Tarsus to get Saul. And they go back to Antioch and minister for a full year. Until, (laughs) because now remember, there's kind of a thing. You can see this struggle is coming. And then people have to move forward in faith. And the struggle comes. Man, and that's kind of like us. We kind of have the same cycles of life you always have an opportunity to move forward in faith. The prophet Agabus from Jerusalem says that there will be a famine throughout the world. So now then the saints in Antioch send financial aid through their elders to Barnabas and Saul to take throughout Judea. So now this gets these guys on the move. And then what you see is by the time we get to Acts 12, well, in verse one, it says this. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And there is something I have to remind you of. See, in America, it is, it is less um, a sensational idea for the enemy. It's kind of hard for us to wrap our heads around that, because generally what we see a lot of times, Van and I were just talking about this, our flesh wins a lot, unfortunately. The world is able to create distraction for us and wins a lot for us. But there is an enemy. There is an enemy who absolutely is, is going to be at every turn to stop what it is, the promotion of what the thing that the Lord is doing in the world. And we see that right here with Herod. This is now gone to king level. And so I have some details on the, the screen here, maybe uh, that you can get down. So this is Herod Agrippa uh, the first. Uh, son of Aristobulus and Bernice, also a tetriarch of Galilee. Now, that would have just simply mean that this is like a four-person rulership, but they would still have one province. Now, look a little further down, though. Look at how much power he actually had. He's the grandson of of Herod the Great, gained the favor of Caligula and Claudius. Those are not individuals that you want to be running in circles with. I don't need to tell you about Caligula. He just had an incestuous relationship with his sister. That's it. That's all I'm going to tell you, Okay. So look in your history books. (laughs) There's more there. (laughs) Horrible individual, Okay. But he also had the title of king and ruled over all of Palestine. So now we're seeing something ratchet up at a higher level. This is why we have to understand, what is it really in terms of, is this just a wicked man? Or now, is it this is kind of like uh, the spirit of Antichrist? Being present here in this situation, he died in Caesarea, A.D. 44, which this is kind of written right in that time. So uh, you know, short life, at least of what we when we start hearing about him. He lived to be 54 years of age. He kills uh, James, son of Zebedee, and imprisons Peter. And so now, the one thing I, I want to uh, just have you understand is you're moving forward in faith, and this is the year that maybe it is that has been challenging for you. Uh, or last year, I'm still in 2020, sorry. And, um, and even this year, because it doesn't feel any different, <laughs> right? It feels the same. and So we, they're the same year, it's just now 24 months. And so it, whatever, whatever it is, maybe you have felt like it, this was the most challenging for you to move forward in faith. I mean, just, you know the right things, you know to do the right things. You know to say the right things. But boy, you get an on ramp to Easy Street and you take it and you're like, and it's frustrating you. Man, listen, you have an enemy. You have an enemy that very much wants to stop what it is that is happening in your life that God is wanting to use you for. You got safe or purpose. There is something He has called you to called you from, and then to say, hey, put your hand to this. And man, maybe it's been like, it feels like I'm in mud, quicksand even. Believer, listen, I know that in America, the devil is, uh, we have cartoon characterized. Yes, <laughs> Van, my thesaurus. Uh, characterized. We have characterized him so much, you know, it's like the devil pitchfork. He's a little, you know, chubby belly, you know, which whichever version you see of him, right? Or he kind of has, you know, goat's feet or something like that. No, he is more uh, opposing than that. In Psalm 109.4, listen what this says. For my love, they are they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer and they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set thou a wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. See, I want you to understand something. Make sure that you know going into it, you have an adversary of the devil that is absolutely against you. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Guys, we can't face whatever it is that we need to face this year thinking that I'm just going to muster up enough courage and strength and power. I got this. I know what to do because I've heard it my whole life. Perhaps it is that you and the Lord need to enter into a space of prayer that you are asking for the Lord's protection so that you can move freely and do what it is that he has called you to do. How I understood this, I'm telling you, I kind of had the same view of the devil, um, until I went to India. And the reason that it was so present there is um, I wasn't distracted with anything else. And I remember, you guys know the story, but some of you don't. So I'll, I'll, just for the sake of, of retelling it, I remember the whole time feeling like, man, we had the Lord's just easy street. I mean, we got there. Yeah, we were a little tired, not a big deal. There was a conference right off the plane. You know, we've been on the plane, I don't know, 20, too many hours. And so, You have a conference to do, fine, whatever. Let's get dressed, let's go. Then we get into it, and it's not till like the second day that things are just not working out. So you guys know what happens. It's after the conference, we're transitioning to a different city, and we go to the hotel. And I remember, for one, just the vibe at the the desk at the hotel was uncomfortable, not welcoming at all. Obviously, we're a bunch of Americans. that's a little weird. We're dressed like missionaries. We probably should have had t-shirts on, not me, dressed like this. <laughs> and so I'm like, OK, blow it off because I'm tired. I want to go to bed. So we get into the room. Miles and I are sitting down, talking on the bed. And there's a knock on the door. And these two guys just come up and say, you got to leave. Now, almost a little bit of Paseo just rose up just for a second. Like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not chill out. <laughs> I have to act like Peter. <laughs> Right, and so I just, OK. Uh, because he said it kind of short, right? And I know that Chris Sedaz had been going back and forth and all that, and then I eventually see his head. He's like, guys, we got to go. OK, so we go, middle of the night, it's like midnight. Very tired, right? Get to the next hotel. The vibe is better, but it's still, it just, I'm unsettled. But I'm so sleepy, it doesn't matter. Get in the bed, the doorbell from hell is in our room. I think you can hear it in Kansas City. It is terribly loud. So that in the middle of the night, they come and they say, uh, we need your passports. Now, this is my first time <laughs> being in a place like this where they're going to ask for your passport. So again, a little bit, Paseo is like one of the rides. But I'm sleepy, so I'm like, whatever, here you go. And the look on our driver's face is very much pensive. <laughs> so Miles and I look at each other. I'm like, man, whatever, OK, here you go. We'll figure it out in the morning. Go to sleep. Wake up. Hey, man, get fully dressed. Let's not linger. Not, let's not delay. We don't have our passports. I don't know what's going to happen. So I go to the dance room. And we're in there, and the thing was so interesting about that is like. He just said, "Hey, guys, uh, Chris Sadas has been, down at the jail since three o'clock this morning. At this point, it's like seven or eight in the morning. Hasn't slept at all. Has been answering questions that entire time." And I'm and immediately, guys, immediately I knew what time it was. I had settled in my heart how my response was going to be. I I thought, well, this could be it. I'm in a foreign land that, and I, Americans are not well liked hardly anywhere, but in America, and so. And I'm and I have the gospel with me. This is not, this could not work out. And so I just remember just deciding right then. I have to submit myself to whatever it is the Lord is going to do. I have to agree with God that whatever happens, it's going to be right. And there has to be a response out of me. So what do we do? We prayed, Because that's all you can do. It's not about putting up a fight and showing how tough you are. When people think in the movies, see, in America, we got all these movies that make you think you are going to fight the devil yourself. Man, I'm telling you, listen, do not play with that. This idea like you're going to call down this spirit and you're going to wrestle, no. (laughs) That's above your pay grade. You let the Lord fight that battle for you. And so we go down stairs to the front lobby. Now we're going to be escorted to the jail. We have to because it's India. (laughs) They don't have their own cars, and so they had to ride with us. (laughs) So the police, we're getting police escorted in our vehicle. And then proceed to be the next 10 hours stuck in that vehicle, hindered from doing anything further that day, but pray. That's the only thing we could do. And we had seasons of conversation, seasons of prayer, seasons of laughter, seasons of worry, seasons of prayer. It was just like a cycle. And I knew then what was happening. The cool thing, and on the backhand side of that, because a lot of times you don't realize when, when the devil's stopping you from something. And the the Lord is now, him and the Lord are fighting it out. Something else cool is happening somewhere else. So there was an Indian guy that, because you know, when you're an American, you're visiting foreign lands. A lot of times, they just love to hear you teach. But it's time for them to rise up, because it's their country, their people, and their ministry. And we don't want to take over it as Americans. We just want to help come alongside. So because we couldn't do this conference, this guy had to run this thing by himself, first time ever. It was awesome. The feedback that we got back, as we finally got a chance to get once we got out of there, we got back and just to hear, like, he had done that, that would have never happened had it not been that we were locked into that SUV for 10 hours. And so, there's some instruction that I want to give you uh, just to look at in terms of how you handle these things and go to Ephesians 6 10 through 20. It was something that just in terms of where my head was at, time in the word, time in prayer, time in conversation, um, being careful about what we did, the Lord has given us a recipe for success. In Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, it says this, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see that it automatically said no paseo is necessary here. You don't have to throw knuckle sandwiches You don't have to be tough. You don't have to, you don't even have to be brave. You just let him do it. Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. All the various cunning, crafty ways that he's going to try to do things, how to stop things. So you got to know it. Coming into it, if you're gonna sign up for a COD and then go through discipleship, do you realize that boyfriend or girlfriend that you haven't talked to in a few years is coming back? That job offer that you've been wanting, you've been you can't wait for, they're finally gonna offer it to you. Anything to stop you from moving forward in faith will come up. My brother and I were talking this, this last week, and we were talking about in, in discipleship, and I basically I equated to this. Your Christian walk is like a marathon, but it's all hurdles. And you know how in the hurdles race, it's like one, two step jump. It's like that, but it's a marathon. So you're always, there's always some hurdle. And you know what happens in those races? People trip over those hurdles, don't they? See, listen, Christian, the Lord has given you the strength to jump those hurdles. But you got to know that they're coming. And sometimes when you think you can't understand, why is this happening? Why is this person this? Why is this illness, this ailment, this? My kids are going a particular way. I, my job is acting this way. It's because you have an enemy that wants to stop the gospel from coming out of your mouth, that wants to stop the testimony of the Lord from being in your life. What does the rest of this say? For the sake of the time, we'll only have time to just look at this. But I'm telling you, this is something that should be a recipe for how it is that you handle those attacks. What does it say? Again, no knuckle sandwiches, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I don't have an enemy on this earth. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of, the world, of this world, against spiritual weakness in high places. So what should I do then, Lord? Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Remember, the only thing I can stand in is the gospel. That's the first time I could stand up. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. See, he didn't say they're not coming. He just said that they'll they'll be quenched. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying all always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Guys, listen, there is an absolute assault on your life right now taking place that wants to stop everything that the Lord has done to get you to this point. This is decision time. This year is decision time. You guys have been hearing me say it. It was decision time when I was standing in Dan's room in India of what I was going to do. And maybe I'm not going to see Serene again, but it was fine because I knew I was not going to deny the Lord Jesus. And the Lord never gave me an opportunity to. I didn't have to say a word. But man, I was ready. Guys, some of you, it's going to be something similar to that. I know this family, has they understand that. But guys, even in discipleship, even to sign up for baptism, can be something that you're being pressed on. And I'm telling you, move forward. Join us. This is your class. This is my invite. This is your class. I want every last one of you to be here, and all of you on Zoom, to be here, be a part of what it is we're doing. So let's not go into this blindly with some kind of false sense of of strength. Because then the first time any trouble comes, and then we duck and hide. The Lord, man, listen, the Lord has equipped you with his armor. You have the answer. And next week, what we'll kind of look at is there are parts of those things that we even see from Peter and from these individuals. How is it that this guy can take a nap? in jail. (laughs) I mean, it's the same way that I could sit in this van of this SUV. And at some point, I was just like, well, you know, whatever happened. Just tell me something. I mean, can you imagine how your imagination goes and you just have hours to just, I don't know what's going to happen. And then one time, they (laughs) they came and got us. And then, okay, now we're going to be interrogated. Chris Doss goes over. I I have my cell phone, and this is like, you know, I mean, I I feel like I'm in a movie. So I have my cell phone like an idiot. We should have all left our phones in the car, but we didn't. So now we're doing this thing behind each other's back, trying to get rid of the cell phones. (laughs) And we get in there, they set us down into a waiting room, and then they say, "Okay, back to the SUV. What in the world is happening? So at the end of this story, for those of you that don't know, We end up going into the the room. I guess they would take mug shots and they take selfies with us. (laughs) But now listen, when they took that selfie because I was watching everything because you know I'm not street but I know where I grew up and my eyes can survey a lot of things at once and I just saw everything that they had taken photos of us went into a drawer. I watched the guy do it smiling in my face, our pictures, my passport, all of that. It could be they could have a nice surprise for me if I ever try to go back as soon as I get there. Oh, congratulations, you get a flight back to Kansas City. Could happen. I'm going to try I got a 10-year visa. I can't waste it. <laughs> so I'm saying, listen, I know, I know what time it is when I, when I go there. I know what time it is when I'm here. I think it's the thing that you know. Some of you might have even realized that there was a difference in me as a result of that experience. I think probably so. Man, I, w- I welcomed it not because I want to be Rambo's super Christian, but it, if it was going to grow my faith and mature me in a way that I could stand in whatever role that the Lord give me, absolutely, I would take it because I know He's with me, right? And so I just want to encourage you this morning. Don't try to do this under some kind of false pretense as if like you actually have the ability to do it. You don't, and that's OK. The Lord knows that. Be desperate for his strength, his power. Call him, beg him, cry out. Whatever you got to do, get his attention. And then when he gives you the answer, move forward in faith and watch what happens. I'm telling you, I, I thank God for that day whatever day I have coming, because it's not over, just because I have one don't mean there won't be another one. Remember, it's a race of hurdles. And so I pray that you just consider that this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, thank you for today, Lord. And just, Lord, the hearts of the people in the prayer, just, Lord, has blessed me. And Lord, you can see we're up against it in a lot of ways, a lot of decisions that we got to make, a lot of things that we need to be done with, and a lot of things we need to start doing. And Father, I just pray that you would be in all of that, that, Lord, we would just humbly submit ourselves to you. Lord, it's your power, your ability, your might. Lord, would you move us forward in our faith, that we would actually mature and develop. Lord, I pray that nobody in this room would uh, not receive everything it is that you want to give them here on Earth. Lord, please bless us with your opportunities. Lord, I pray that we don't embrace the nothing of just whatever it is, some other thing that can distract us or get our attention. And Father, help us to just be unified in this group, that Lord, we would encourage one another, that we would understand that each of us need to be praying for each of us. And so Lord, can we be a class that's a praying class for one another? Um, Lord, praying for those on Zoom, that Zoomers would pray for us that are in in the room. Um, That Lord, that we would have a heart, that we'd be unified. Lord, I I greatly desire that in this group. and, And Lord, they're beautiful people that have been doing that. And so Lord, just would you help us to just continue Lord, give us whatever it is you have for us, Lord, and help us to face it in your power, not our own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.